0: G I R L S C A M P, it's Girls Camp. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Girls Camp. I'm Haley Rawl, your host, and I am very excited to be joined today by the one and only Tommy Johnson, mm-hmm. aka the Tomsters.
1: Hi, hello.
0: Welcome. So excited to have you, Tommy went viral in 2021 for some really funny TikTok videos about what Mormons think heaven is like, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. That's kind of where it all started. It all started mm-hmm. for you.
0: And since then has become a bit of an internet sensation.
1: That's that's a term that you can use. <laughs> uh, it seems a little big, but
0: I, I think it's, I think it's well-deserved. Tommy shares a lot of humor and hot takes about Mormon culture, and I also really appreciate your Instagram, your TikTok, because I feel like you do also a lot of advocacy and awareness and education about things going on in the Mormon church, and you do it with a little flair, with a little humor, which is really nice.
1: Yeah, I mean, I try. I I came up with a kind of a little life mantra that life's too short to take too seriously, Mm. but long enough to make it meaningful. Love it. So just try to have fun, but at the same time, you know, spend time educating myself and learning and do what I can to share that as well.
0: I love that. I think when you're talking about church stuff, it can get really heavy. And I think that we need to create space for acknowledging the challenges, the heaviness, the problematic aspects, but it's also nice to have a little fun with it because there's a lot of fun to be had. Yes. So we are going to be talking today about crazy LDS mission stories. We have lots to dig into with missions. And before we jump into that, I wanted to get a little more context about you, where you're from, where you live now, and if you could give us a brief little overview of where you feel like you stand now with the Mormon church. So our listeners know kind of what perspective you're coming from.
1: Absolutely. My family, we've lived here in Utah for most of my life. Um, Other than a short little stint in Illinois, Mm. um, we lived here. And so I I consider Utah home. Um, Currently, my wife and I, we live in Provo. Great. um, Mormon Mecca. Yeah,
0: in the heart of it all.
1: Yes. Um, And we live... Uh, there with her little dog George, who we adore in terms of uh, a personal uh, relationship with the church or kind of where I am now. Um, last July, so July of 2022, um, decided to step away from the church after mm-hmm. kind of a multi year faith crisis, yeah, you know, to put it simply, yeah. And so, yeah, that's kind of why I made the decision to step away. And my wife had left a, about a year prior, to yeah. That. Um, and so. Yeah, it's kind of where we are, where we both consider ourselves post-Mormon, and yeah.
0: Isn't it funny when you're trying to like label, it's such a giant experience, and we use words like faith crisis and post-Mormon, and... It's all more complicated than that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I feel you. Yes. I, I feel like we're kind of in the same boat. I want to start by asking you about your own mission. So mm-hmm. where did you go on your mission?
1: Yeah, so I served in uh, Winnipeg, Canada. Um, that is like above Minnesota, North Dakota. It's like the plains of Canada. Very um,
0: cold, I can imagine. Very cold.
1: I like to call it North, North Dakota. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was very it was quite cold. Um, we had a, the mission rule was if it was minus 40 or colder, then you could stay inside.
0: You're kidding me. No,
1: that was like, that was the cutoff was minus 40 degrees.
0: So did you wear snow pants and stuff? How did you go outside?
1: Yeah. Well, so, f- um, from probably like November until at least March, um, under my slacks, I always was wearing like running pants, yeah. and, like long johns and stuff. Up. And, but yeah, it was, it was pretty cold. And then the weird thing was in the summer, it get really hot. Mm. so there, there's this big
0: worst of both worlds.
1: Yeah. It kind of <laughs> was, um, weather wise. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I, yeah, I think we'll get into this, but I really did have a good time yeah. overall. Yeah. Um, but yeah, weather wise, it, it was, yeah. I
0: want to hear more about that. First. I want to ask, how did you feel when you got called to Winnipeg? Were you excited?
1: So I was actually, Ecstatic! I really? was so excited because of a couple of reasons. Um, first, um, so I was in high school when I got my mission call.
0: Okay, yeah, um, crazy. I was
1: a part of like that first uh, generation that could leave at eighteen. And so while I was in high school, I was in this um, AP World History class, and we spent a day on Canada. There was a kind of like jokey attitude towards Canada, like you know our neighbors up north do to do. And I just had this thought to myself of like, why do we like laugh at Canada all the time
0: yeah Canada is kind of a joke for yeah some kind reason. of
1: like a meme country yeah. you know and yeah, so I yeah. just thought like why is that so I I like did like a light google on Canada and for whatever reason I just like fell in love with Canada I was like cool. Canada's pretty cool like I don't know why I make fun of it all the time and so that paired with my very strong desire to go foreign to leave the United States yeah. for my mission, but not have to learn a language. Hey, perfect. So I just have this like sweet spot.
0: That's amazing. It's nice because you're foreign, but you're not like too foreign.
1: Exactly. Seems yeah. like,
0: like you said, the sweet spot. I went on my mission to Berlin, Germany and kind of similar almost. I always wanted to go to Germany. Wow. I studied German in high school. My dad served his mission in Germany. And from the second I decided to go on a mission... I just knew I was going to go to Germany and even, you know, you have to take a little headshot for your mission papers. Mm -hmm. I remember my friend took the photo for me and we were like, try and look like a European missionary. (laughs) And I don't know what even I meant by that, but it worked. I was going to say,
1: yeah, you nailed it. I nailed it apparently.
0: And yeah, it's funny because I got to go to Germany. And then once I actually got to Germany, I was like, I wish I was in Colorado. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people, Aspen. Yeah, we,
1: yeah. people yeah. seem more nice in Colorado <laughs> than they are in,
0: in Germany. Um, okay, so you are excited to go to Canada. And if you could sum up your mission experience, you said you had a good time. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about it. What was the mission culture like? How did you do on a mission? Yeah. What was your overall kind of experience?
1: Yeah, overall, I would give it a positive grade obviously that's a mixture of really great experiences and some not so great experiences uh for me it was at this time in my life where again i i graduated high school then 12 days later went to the mtc wild so i was a child yes um and in terms of like world experience also very much a child
0: yeah pretty pretty low on the world experience yeah because my
1: mtc or going to the missionary training center it's in provo it was just it honestly felt like a two-week long EFY to yeah, me, which, the MTC
0: is kind of like and that. And that
1: time was like the best for me. I loved it. So then we go out to Canada. and My first night, I just bawled my eyes out. Really? So I just was like, what is this? I miss um, the MTC. You know, I, yeah, I miss the MTC. I miss my family. Um, but I, I really did love it. And I know that... People who have left the church can have a complicated experience. Totally. And one thing that if I'm being honest, why I think it might be a little easier for me to have a positive experience is I didn't teach, quote unquote successfully teach and like baptize people, mm-hmm. a ton of people. Interesting. Um so I don't look back now and see people who have like joined a, a religion that I no longer agree with and yeah. see them live that.
0: Yeah. Because
1: I just didn't happen. For me. Yeah. Which at the time I was like bummed, but now I'm like, maybe that's a blessing in disguise <laughs> yeah. that, um, like, you don't numbers have to give wise, them a call now and be, right? like, hey. and be like, hey, like, you might notice a different vibe on my socials. <laughs> that is something that I admit that that might be one. Yeah. You know? Thing. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that.
1: But yeah, I really did like it because as my first time out of my parents' house and whatnot, um, it, I learned a lot of good life lessons of taking care of myself as a human, becoming an adult, a young adult. Yeah. Yeah. I I have fond memories.
0: It's such an interesting thing to reconcile because I really loved my mission. I also feel like my mental health was in a terrible place, but it's almost like really high highs and really low lows. There's so much that goes into a mission experience. Like you said, a lot of it depends on where you go. A lot of it depends on the mission culture. I feel like mission presidents make a huge difference in how well the missionaries end up faring Mm -hmm. on the mission. And like you said, you know, depending how many people you teach, how busy you are, there's even a personality. I mean, you seem like a fairly outgoing guy.
1: Well, that I, this may shock people, but I really have a hard time like talking to strangers. Really? Yeah. So and was so, that not
0: hard for you on the mission?
1: Um, that was it was really hard. Yeah. I didn't talk to my first like stranger uh, by myself for like a couple months in. Mm. So I was just terrified. Yeah. And if anyone sees pictures of me at 18, I look like I could have maybe been 14 or 15. <laughs> and so I was just this kind of like really small quiet kid asked to be the opposite of that. That was the scariest thing to me. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to talk to a stranger.
0: Yeah. Approaching strangers is one thing. Yeah. It's not really something in any culture that's very typical to literally walk up to a stranger. Plus you're wearing a suit and tie or I was wearing the weird dress or skirt. (laughs) You have a name tag. And then not only are you approaching a stranger, you have to talk to them about religion or God. Which a lot of people are not super comfortable talking about, even in their close circles. Exactly. And now they have a stranger who's young, maybe looks 14. Yeah. I mm-hmm. probably looked 14 as well. <laughs> and it's a lot to ask, I think, of young missionaries. And I feel like one of the magic kind of things about a mission is it does feel so hard, but you just do it because mm-hmm. you have to do it. Yeah. And looking back, I'm kind of proud of myself that I was able to white knuckle it, but I also look at people who do have really serious mental health struggles on missions and admire them even more if they're willing to say, I'm not doing good. I got to get out of here because <laughs> I think that can be the harder thing.
1: Absolutely. I think that there is a better understanding of mental health. I feel like there's a, a, a better or at least a bigger community for mm. early return home missionaries. Yeah. but. Prior to that, there's always the assumption of like something really bad must have happened.
0: Yeah. You had sex with the mission president's daughter or else you wouldn't be home. Exactly.
1: Like something wild like that. It's like, actually, no, I was like, could not get out of bed because I was so sad. Yeah. I had depression.
0: (laughs) That's the sort of trap of a mission for people who don't have a good experience on a mission is... You don't want to stay, but you literally can't go home. I think a lot of people go out on a mission and the mentality is I will do this no matter what, which I think can set you up for some pretty severe mental health stuff, because Mm -hmm. if you don't want to be there, but you don't feel like you can leave, that's a hard spot to be. It's such a complicated thing because it's it's literally two years or a year and a half of your life. Yeah. So there's ups and downs. There's positive things. There's things you learn. I feel like for me, I can't imagine my life without going on a mission just because it was such a big part of my life. And I met some people that I'm so grateful to know still to this day. And I learned things that I am grateful for. I got to be in Germany for a year and a half, which is mm-hmm. super cool. But I also think that... A lot of trauma can come from missions. Like you said, there's a lot of learning and growing that happens after that stage because you're so young when you serve a mission and it, it can be difficult not to look back and just really wish you did things differently. Yeah, That's sometimes where I find myself wishing I just spent more time enjoying the people serving and less time trying to convince people that... I was right about something Mm -hmm. that I now no longer think I was even right about in the first place. yeah. Yeah. So we're going to get into some stories, which I think will continue to kind of unearth all these nuances of a mission. Do you have any crazy mission stories, anything really wild that happened to you?
1: Yeah, I I was thinking back and I, as a missionary, made a very concentrated effort to not have too many crazy stories. <laughs> yeah. I was very much a rule follower because I I was very much convinced that that would affect my ability to, mm. to be like a conduit and representative of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, if I do anything wrong, then someone's salvation could be like on my shoulders. Yeah. So that big of a deal. Yeah. So feel. I was very scared of waking up at 6.31 when the wake up time is 6.30 or staying out till one minute passed or whatever. Because even though I knew like maybe like physically everything would be fine. It was like spiritually. Mm. I might mess this whole thing up for someone's eternal life.
0: It's crazy. And that's
1: just... I put that pressure on myself.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of all pressure. All the
1: time. I had a, a companion. And one day he just really wasn't feeling like he wanted to, to leave and get out of the house. Mm-hmm. That wasn't really an option for me. Yeah. um, And so I just left the house by myself uh-uh. which is like number one rule that you can't break as a missionary
0: you just hit the streets yeah yourself
1: yeah so i i let i said elder you know we're out here to teach he wasn't needing assistance and i was just like yes. hey bud like yeah get over it good luck
0: he just was not feeling it that yeah day. He was just like yeah. i just
1: want to go out and i was like oh okay well It's not like we can just turn on the TV and chill. Like, we don't have one of those. Like, (laughs) that's not what we're here to do. And so, yeah, I went out by myself right in front of our apartment complex. Uh I was, like, handing out pass-along cards. Um, And then he came out following me and, like, cussed me out. And I was like, this is just the weirdest experience. Um, But he was like.
0: All the passersby are like, what? "What
1: Because he was, like, wearing, like, shorts and stuff, too, with his white shirt on top. So I'm sure it looked like we were maybe, like, a drunk couple fighting or something <laughs> but um but yeah he was like you can't just leave like what do you think like if someone passed i was like in our ward like what would they think Do to do. and i was like well i'm not gonna just sit in there yeah and not do anything so we had this seemed little, like
0: a good compromise
1: yeah i was like you get to stay you get to do what you want to do and i'll do what i want to do
0: yeah i'm out on the lord's work right in exactly. front of the apartment building yeah
1: because i really again i had these thoughts of like what would right like what would jesus do because I knew like the rule was like not leave, yeah. But also, Nephi's rule was like not to murder, but like God was like, that's fine for this one time. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, God would be happy if I left, yeah, and like broke this big rule,
0: yeah. It was a spirit of the law moment, exactly, for you.
1: Uh, um, at least at the time, yeah. Um, but yeah, so then I went back upstairs and we just kind of uh watched it...
0: the testaments, watched? uh,
1: probably <laughs> I, we let just emotions lower and everything was fine, um, yeah. That was probably the most. I like guess crazy thing I did, which yeah. you know, on its surface doesn't seem that crazy, but in the context of it all, I'm like, man, that is a level of confidence. I don't know if I'll ever have again. Yeah, go I you. Was like, you know what? I'm getting out of here. I'm, I'm doing this no happens? matter what. Yeah,
0: that's crazy because again, for people who don't know, you cannot leave your mission companion side. Yeah, literally in the apartment. I guess you can kind of be in separate rooms, but. Even that, you're really supposed to keep an eye on each other. So it's wild for me to imagine as a missionary stepping outside of a building by myself. You just don't do that.
1: The motivation was all like, there could be someone right now that God put right in front of our apartment that needs this message. Yeah,
0: work must go on. So I'm going. Wow, good for you. I feel like it's crazy because just thinking about not being able to even be alone, the mission strips you of pretty much every coping mechanism, which I think is intentional because then you're really forced to rely on the scriptures and prayer because, you know, it's nice to be by yourself. It's nice to be able to do what your companion wanted to do and like take a break and take Mm -hmm. a nap. And you can't do any of that, which adds to that whole pressure cooker kind of situation. And then on top of it, as you mentioned, you feel like if you do any of that, you're ruining someone else's some theoretical person's chance at eternal salvation yeah so it's stressful
1: yeah because i I had heard enough stories someone sleeping in and then yep you know or just whatever and it ruining
0: someone someone's life yes like
1: beyond this one
0: and you're just like an 18 year old freshly graduated high school yeah who
1: was truly just trying to do his best yeah and that and i didn't know what that looked like and so i adopted that like that your best is like not messing up yeah everyone's uh, eternal life yeah. everyone that you see like over there or over there yep just that could it could be up to you
0: it's on you yeah wild okay you said you had a couple do you have another story for me
1: yeah so for whatever reason i uh maybe drank water too closely before going to bed. Oh no. Uh, but I ended up wetting the bed oh, uh, no. as, a, as a young missionary. And it was, I was so embarrassed. I thought I had like taken care of it before anyone else had seen. Yeah. That wasn't the case. I learned later on, like my companion knew and just didn't say anything. Um, but I had gone on exchanges with our district leader and he had figured it out too. I don't know. Mission um,
0: gossip spreads fast. It,
1: do, it does go pretty fast. And so he like sat me down. Out of the Goodness of his pure heart. He was like, hey, you know, it's not that big of a deal. I don't want you to, like, feel too embarrassed about it. Um, everyone gets wet dreams sometimes. And I was like, sir, no. I don't think you know what you are saying. I was the one that felt dumb. And now you're the dumb one. <laughs> um, but I was like, uh, that's not what And I told him, I was like, I appreciate what you're trying to do. Uh-huh. I do feel really embarrassed. I do feel really silly. You, what you're doing is really nice. Just for the future reference,
0: uh huh.
1: wetting the bed and a wet dream, not the same
0: thing. So do you think he thought they were the same thing? Yeah,
1: he definitely, yeah. Oh,
0: so he, he didn't think you actually had a wet dream. No,
1: he thought that. He
0: thought peeing your pants.
1: Is what a wet dream was.
0: No. Yeah. And so I was like. So you had to teach him.
1: Yeah. And he's like, I don't know if that's right. And I was like, I, I know. And I was like, I know I look like the silly one. But right now, in this instance, I'm really trying to help you. So we both like left that conversation, both feeling a little silly. Well, oh. Hopefully a little well, bit better.
0: At least you taught him something. Yeah. That could have been a that could have been a bad mistake.
1: Yeah. Just like, man, my kid just is yeah. having wet dreams all the time. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. why are you sharing this information? Like years down the road. So hopefully hopefully
0: You taught him a lesson. Yeah. Maybe that was all meant to be. Yeah. You know what? Speaking of mission sleep, mm-hmm. that's one thing I bit be- I miss about the mission. When my head hit the pillow, I was so tired, I had the best sleep of my life on my mission. So I can see, if it makes you feel any better, why you were sleeping so heavy that <laughs> yeah, night. Well, yeah,
1: I mean, <laughs> for whatever reason, it it led to be a uh, the first chapter of a funny st-
0: story. <laughs> a funny story, so, there you go, there yeah. you go. I want to tell, there's a really funny story we got about someone's companion. Speaking of your companion story. Yeah. I had one companion on my mission. I was pretty lucky with companions. But I had one companion who was a bit of a strange gal. Okay. And she would collect things off the street. Like, she was always looking in, like, the gutters and, like, if there was overflowing trash cans. And she would collect stuff and, like, bring it home and sanitize it. And just, like, had a collection of trash, essentially. As one does. Yeah. You know? Right? Yes. And another thing she did was... Anytime she saw a dead animal, like roadkill or like a dead bird, she would take a photo of it and send it to her sister. Oh. It was like a funny thing. She told me that she had previously been sending dead animals to her sister.
1: Not the photos, the actual... The
0: actual animals. Okay. Finding the dead animals, putting them in a package from Germany and sending it to her sister at home. And I was asking her why and she was like, oh, it's like a funny joke we have. I don't know if that's true, because can you legally send, like, roadkill
1: across the world? That sounds insane, It sounds really
0: insane. Anyway, she decided photos were easier, so she did that. One day, we were sitting doing companionship study. Our desks were facing each other, and I was reading Preach My Gospel or whatever, and I looked up from Preach My Gospel, and she has a bunch, probably 10, like, binkies like pacifiers in her mouth okay she's like sucking on these pacifiers and was like being silly like ha ha so i was like what are you doing <laughs> and she said that she had found all those pacifiers throughout her mission brought them home boiled them and sanitized them and they were part of her trash collection wow and she was sucking on them
1: just just for fun
0: just as a joke it's not weird she got you yeah she got yeah. me she got me that good. is
1: crazy and yeah. It, well, first, putting 10 in your mouth, that's that's a lot. I know. But then where they came from, too. I that's know. Just,
0: and why are there just binkies laying around the streets of Germany?
1: Yeah. Maybe she was really, like, just stealing them from babies.
0: Honestly, that's probably what She's was like, going oh, well, on.
1: comes from the gutters crazy. And then there's just this crying <laughs> baby and back, like, in the back. We got to hurry, though. Let's go, 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 go.
0: <laughs> she was an odd one. Wow. And she was really my only, like, strange companion. But. Lots of weird stuff going on with her. Yeah. Listen to this companion story, though. I feel like this maybe tops them all, (laughs) and I was pretty shocked by it. So this person wrote in and said, I had a companion who was the spawn of the devil. I have many, many stories, but this one tops them all. We were driving to district meeting and got a flat tire on the way, and she was adamant about staying home the rest of the day and not doing anything. I didn't want to be stuck in the house with her alone all day, so I said, absolutely not. She was so mad at me that she grabbed my face and bit me on the cheek, full bite, <laughs> and chomped down. A
1: chomp, a bite, and chomp.
0: A chomp on the cheek.
1: Just no. We're staying inside. Give me your face. Here's my teeth. I Arr. was
0: just trying to imagine like what? her pulling her face over to like bite down on her cheek. Yeah,
1: is that just what she grew up learning was? This is how we handle conflict.
0: Really scary.
1: The face snatch and chomp.
0: Really scary. I feel like companion stuff can get crazy. Even yes. if you love your companion dearly, when you are spending every hour of every day with that person, it really becomes that thing where anything they do just starts to drive you crazy. Yeah. And sometimes you're with companions for a long time. hmm I don't think I was ever with a companion for more than two transfers at a time, which is what? How long is a transfer? Six weeks? Mm -hmm. How long was your longest Mm -hmm. companion? Three
1: three transfers, I think. Yes,
0: sometimes elders get stuck for a long time. Yeah. It's a long time.
1: It is a long time. And um, yeah, you don't choose your companion.
0: Okay, I'm going to read another story. This is about a crazy mission president. We got lots to talk about with mission presidents. This person says, I struggled with very extreme IBS flare-ups throughout my mission due to stress. My mission president asked to have a one-on-one meeting with me due to complaints from my companion on how being in the bathroom was slowing the work, and he shared the scripture Alma 7.12 and pointed out that Jesus's, quote, bowels are filled with mercy towards me, then proceeded to chuckle and instructed me to have faith that I can be healed through Christ. I knew I was on my own after that meeting and fell into a pretty deep depression because I attributed my flare-ups being correlated to my lack of faith. And this is from a survivor of the New York, New York, North mission.
1: Okay, Okay. I have a couple thoughts. (laughs) First of all, a New York, New York mission Uh seems very intense yeah because i think about when we were street contacting mm-hmm. in downtown winnipeg which has like seven hundred thousand people mm-hmm. that's a lot of people but compared to new york city yeah just the pressure of like maybe they came here for this city for this moment to meet us or whatever i can't yeah. imagine
0: yeah it's a lot um
1: and then being pulled aside because of a complaint because someone's going to the bathroom which isn't something that you can just say Maybe I'll just hold it for an hour or two and go later or something without issues happening, or like you just can't. Yeah, as we learned from my bedwetting story. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. Um,
1: But yeah, so you get the one-on-one because of the complaint, and then the scripture that's used is like, "Hey, your bowels, they're just mortal bowels, but Jesus's bowels, he." But he probably never went to the bathroom. He just had mercy all up in the, his bowels.
0: All up in the bowels. The and, bowel connection. IBS right? to the bowel scripture. Then, yeah,
1: he's like, ha ha, but really, maybe just work. That's insane.
0: It's insult to injury. It's like, let me make Absolutely. a bowel joke to yeah. diminish your extreme IBS. Yes. Oh, and by the way, you're not being faithful enough. Mm. So that's why you've got it. Sorry. Yeah.
1: If you were like Jesus, there'd only be mercy passing through your body. <laughs> so you're very much not like jesus and honestly the the saddest part is like the the way that this missionary got from my body is like not doing well Mm -hmm. and that equals my like my faith level yeah isn't the wildest connection to make no that's not crazy
0: that's how you feel
1: yeah you're like well what else would it be yeah of course Jesus and the Lord are in God. Like, they want this work to happen. Mm -hmm. So it must be a me thing.
0: Yeah, you feel that way. And you get gaslighted by mission presidents, by companions, where it's like, oh, damn, we're not converting anyone. Must be because we're not working out hard enough for Mm -hmm. morning exercise. Yeah. You make those connections. (laughs) Absolutely. It's weird. It's irrational. But when you're in that really intense mission situation, you feel that way. And then again, you have, I mean, a mission president is the ultimate authority and then they're telling you that directly i'm sorry to this person but you survived and you lived to tell the tale and i hope your ibs is doing better
1: i hope your bowels are have been merciful to you
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly okay here's a fun one i am convinced my mission is one of the most disobedient missions out there people were getting sent home around the clock and that was even with our chill mission president who would give missionaries second and third chances There were houses of elders who would just stay home and work out, listen to music, play video games. We were in a third world country, so getting a hold of stuff like video games took quite a bit of effort. There was another group of elders who went out and got tattoos, then hired prostitutes for the night. There were also elders and sisters hooking up with each other, and there was a group of quote, rebel missionaries who called themselves the Gadianton Robbers and held secret meetups outside of their areas and got members involved in everything. I don't know what they did exactly, but I've spoken to people who served in other missions in the same country, and they said it was a thing in their mission, too. Okay. Something we got to address. The Gadianton robber Mm -hmm. urban legend. Mm -hmm. Did you hear that on your mission, too? Yes. The secret combinations. Yeah,
1: like they had cut out parts of their garments or Mm -hmm. something and could, like, rub their shoulder and tell if they were in the... Group or not. Oh, I've or I've
0: never heard that one.
1: Yeah, like they just gave like an extra oh. cut in the shoulder so you could like
0: know if they were part of it. Yeah.
1: But that was always from someone who had heard it from someone. Yeah. It w- was, was like the last mission president, like right before we all yes, got there. Yes,
0: exactly. It was always right before we got there. Yeah. It was always the last mission president. I always heard that one the Gadiant and Robbers secret combinations missionaries. I always heard the urban legend of. Elders and sisters hot tubbing in the baptismal font. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you hear that one too? Yep. And then one of my personal favorites, the two sisters. So this was a story everyone told. And in my mission, I was told this is like, oh yeah, there were two sisters in our mission right before you came. They were driving in their car. They ran out of gas. They were far away from gas stations. So they put water in the gas tank and then prayed that it would turn to gasoline And it was like, ha ha, those stupid, stupid sister missionaries. A, probably didn't happen Mm because we've all heard it. And B, sad that we're making fun of sisters.
1: Absolutely, yes. I mean, Jesus did it. Right? Yeah, he was changing water all the time.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, Yeah, I heard that story verbatim. Like Even before you started getting into the details, I was like, I don't know what this story's going to be. You knew every beat. Um, But yeah, you know, I do think if, yeah, haha, ha, whatever. But honestly, the fact that it was—and I've talked to other people for the same story. Yeah. That it's consistently sister missionaries. Yes. Um, I don't think that's by accident. Yeah, of rude. course, elders would be smart enough to right not do something that dumb. So it's just the sisters <laughs> who like put the water in and
0: right those crazy, silly sisters, you know, crazy but, ladies.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah,
0: I it is funny how though those stories though. I remembered one more, and this yeah. is a funny one too. I'm curious if you've heard it. It always happens in like South or Central America. There's a missionary who goes to an area where they name their first children after the father's first name. And the missionary serves in the area, leaves, and a year later there's a blonde little boy named Elder. Yes. Yeah. I believed that one growing up because I was told that one when I was I think like young in high school by my friend whose brother had served in Honduras or something, and I remember my mind was blown. I was like, missionaries are like having kids. Yeah. With- you know, what in the world? What in the world? Yes. The blonde little boy named Elder.
1: But also, uh, the idea that like elders and sisters hook up and for, you know, whatever that
0: mm-hmm. hook up
1: means, and that, mm-hmm. like do they like-
0: Yeah, what are we talking about here? Give a high five a
1: little too long or something, I don't
0: know. Yeah, a hug.
1: Um, but that one, I, I believe, Happens, yeah, sometimes,
0: yeah, it's got to,
1: right? You just have groups of
0: young, young, horny adults that yeah. aren't allowed to touch anyone, yeah, or each other, exactly. Yep, that
1: has to happen. It
0: has to happen. Speaking of that, my mission president was infamous for being a matchmaker mission president. Oh, no, oh, yeah, he wanted his missionaries to marry each other, he didn't want them to do anything on the mission, but. I went to a mission leadership conference. He taught us the trainings or whatever. And then at the end of the conference, he went on Facebook on the projector and scrolled through images on Facebook of all the missionaries that had gone home because mission presidents serve for three years. So that had started, he had started his mission with had gone home and married each other. And he would always say, elders and sisters, you always need to be thinking about the next covenant, like a temple marriage. But he fully would actively try and matchmake. Isn't that crazy?
1: That is crazy because that's like a big rule.
0: It's a huge rule.
1: Don't do that, but...
0: Yeah, don't look at each other. Don't think about each other. Yeah. I think he just wanted the missionaries to marry each other because A, I think he felt like they would then stay in the church. Yeah. And B, I think it just benefited him because he's like, sweet, now, you know, I can go visit... Two missionaries in one two go. In one,
1: exactly. It's
0: kind of like a grandparent thing almost. Yeah. Like, then they have mission babies and yeah. it was weird.
1: No, that's a good point. That like grandparent to mm-hmm. grandchild relationship is real. Because yeah. they're yep. typically that kind of age, the mission yep. presidents. Yep. And so I can definitely, I can see like, oh, you know, we just really like you two as people. Yep. You guys are both, you know, killing it out here maybe after. Yeah. You know, whatever. But in the context of it all where that's like.
0: It was weird. It was inappropriate. But yeah. we we have tons of people from my mission who have married yeah, each other. Yeah, well, tons. Yeah. So I guess it worked. And a lot of them have left the church too, so I guess that part didn't work, but oh, darn. Okay. This is one about a visiting member of the 70. Did an apostle ever come to your mission?
1: Yeah, Elder Christofferson came. Oh, out. I really liked um,
0: Elder Christofferson.
1: Yeah. And then Elder Suarez, who's a apostle oh, yeah. now, he was in the 70 at the and time he came? And he came as well.
0: Well, listen to what this 70 did. My husband served in a super strict mission. At one point, someone from the 70 came to speak to them. And when he came in and people didn't immediately stop talking, he got mad and said, the spirit is telling me you're all too disobedient and not ready to hear what I have to say. And then just left without speaking. What a wild way to make everyone feel like shit. Ha ha.
1: For real? What in the world? Because they, they, they didn't stop talking when he walked in.
0: Traveled all that way.
1: He's like, mm, No.
0: He probably just didn't prepare a talk.
1: Yeah. He's like, oh, what am I going to say? <laughs> maybe if they're talking, I'll just be like, oh, you're so disobedient. But I just was going to ride it on the plane ride. I yeah, fell asleep. Exactly. The lighting was too good. And...
0: <laughs> then he just pieces out back home. He yeah. goes.
1: Yeah. Maybe he had like something he had to get back. Yeah,
0: for. exactly. Oh. It was in a rush. So <laughs> Elder Bednar came to my mission. Oh, wow. And he did a Q&A. Mm-hmm. And this one elder. Raised his hand, got called on. He stands up and he says, Elder Bednar, I just want to know, is there anything I can do for you?
1: (laughs) I... want to throw up
0: it was the worst <laughs> I will say of my mission president I actually really liked my mission president in a lot of ways yeah. he was sitting behind Elder Bednar on the stand and he literally did like a gun to his head <laughs> when the elder was saying that and like pretended to shoot himself
1: oh my goodness we were
0: all like Elder there's nothing you can do for Elder Bednar he's yeah, okay
1: no he's fine
0: and Elder Bednar actually handled it like fairly gracefully I think he was like just keep doing your missionary just
1: work working hard. But
0: yeah it was bad
1: oh man would you have guessed that that guy would have been the type of guy that would have said that? Yeah,
0: he was yeah. the type of guy. Like, like when he got called on, I think everyone was like, eh. "Yeah." He like stood up, put his uh-huh. suit coat button up. Yeah.
1: So, <clears throat> elder Benner. Yes, exactly. Oh, he,
0: he wanted to make an impression. I don't know where that elder is now. Maybe I'll look him up on Facebook after this.
1: Yes, one of the one of the fun things to do post mission is just to keep. To yeah. Whatever, oh, yeah. To
0: see where they are. I know. <laughs> I, I so many missionaries from my mission have left the church that I want to do a post Mormon mission reunion. How fun would that? That sounds be? really fun. I know it'd be so fun. Wow. Connect over. I mean, we could watch the ooh the district.
1: Yes. Were you we a, the district. Were you a district one or a district two fan?
0: Ooh.
1: So I remember district one was all the missionaries in San Antonio. Yes. District and two was the San Diego. District
0: two had Elder Moreno. Yes, it did. And he was a hottie.
1: He, soccer and player. they
0: taught Herman. Um,
1: they did. Oh.
0: I want to do a party where we watch the district because the district is so funny.
1: It is pretty funny.
0: And so entertaining.
1: It is pretty good.
0: It's good. I'm serious. It's, <laughs> it's good television. Yes. <laughs> I've been trying to convince my friends. I'm like, we need to get together, bring our mission journals, oh read goodness. our mission journals and watch the district. That
1: sounds like an absolute party. Yeah, let's do it. Okay.
0: Okay. All right, here is a funny hazing story. I don't know if you had any hazing in your mission. I served in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and there was a group of missionaries who would harass the new missionaries when they came home to the apartment. It would be all dark with candles around a picture of Joseph Smith, and they would make the new missionaries pray to Joseph Smith. Oh my goodness. I learned about this on my first day because my mission president had just sent 15 people home for doing this. (laughs)
1: <laughs> wow, I think the the craziest thing I remember happening even close to this, and I don't know if this was mission wide or if, because truly I, I was just so young mm. and so eating everything up that I, like I believed everything.
0: Yeah, you just that may have just it. been like
1: a human trait, but especially as a missionary, I was yeah. trying to like learn from yeah, those yeah, missionaries. Yeah. So I don't remember everything exactly, but I remember. Uh, A missionary being like, hey, have you seen like this scripture that proves that like the Holy Ghost has like a name, like it's a person with a name or like an individual with a name. And I was like, what? And it was just this weird, like, look at this scripture and this footnote and this and this. Mm -hmm. And it got to like, it said like his name was, I I can't even remember, but like there was some answer. And I was like, that's crazy. (gasps) What was his name? I'll, maybe I'll. Text me. Yeah, I'll figure it out. But then they're like, no, just gotcha. Or like, right. Like I spent like a half an oh, hour. Oh, it's just, just a trick. Yeah. And like, oh, just, just joking. And I was like, I thought you guys were like sharing some deep doctrinal oh. like, on this different level because yeah. we're missionaries.
0: We're like really getting into it. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Um, but never forced to, or highly encouraged to pray to Joseph Smith. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. That's a crazy one. I mean, it's not too far off. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's funny. It's hilarious. And
0: It's really funny. The dark, the candles, they, like, really went for it.
1: Yeah, they, yeah.
0: I I kind of admire it. My dad, he served in Germany, and in Germany, they obviously drink a lot of beer, Mm -hmm. and a lot of the members, when they convert, they will have, like, fake beer, like, non-alcoholic beer. Mm -hmm. So he brought one of his new companions to this member's house, and they had it all set up, and the member offered the elder a beer, but it was non-alcoholic. And my dad took one, started drinking it, and he was like, Elder, like you've got to drink it. Oh my it. gosh. He was like, Just drink it. Like, come on, you have to drink it. The elder ended up like sobbing, oh, I think. No. And then they were like, Oh, it's <laughs> no. Stop, stop, no. <laughs> yeah. I think there was more hazing back in the day.
1: For sure. Yeah. I remember
0: being told like don't haze the missionaries. But yeah. I wish I had.
1: Yeah. Just a little. Just, just a little. A little. Just you know, a little bit. I don't want anyone crying, but.
0: Oh, I would not have been able to handle it if I got hazed in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Also, I wanted to say to your point about the Holy Ghost's first name or whatever. Missionaries love getting into deep yes. doctrine.
1: Yeah. Just late night talks. Like uh-huh. Maybe this is worth staying up past our bedtime to talk about. The three degrees within the celestial kingdom. Yeah. Let's get in- into it. The
0: intelligences. What was before oh, the intelligences? Do
1: dinosaurs even exist. Yeah. Do we know? Yeah. Are they is. tests? Who knows?
0: I mean, you run out of things to study, so. True. You like, have to start filling the void somehow. Preaching sure my gospel not that long. <laughs> yeah, you know. exactly. Okay. Here is a story from a sister missionary. I had an investigator who lived in our apartment complex confess his love for me. He was in his 40s, had a wife and teenage son, and was an ex-Navy SEAL. Oh no. He told the other sister missionaries who lived in the complex that he loved me, so they responded and said he would have to be taught by other missionaries or I would need to be moved. He got so angry, he threatened to knock down their door at night. Those sisters then came and slept on our floor in our apartment, and we were all terrified. We told our mission president he said to keep him posted if it got worse— in our next meeting when we were going to drop him the investigator told me he had planned our life together when i went back to byu he kept texting us talking about being an ex-navy seal and he'd start counting down literally texting five four three two one if we didn't text back fast enough it was so strange all of us sisters found it scary and hilarious mission naivety maybe my mission president told me to file a police report but still doesn't move me from the area Eventually, his wife found out all of this and kicked him out. I never saw him again.
1: Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things. What stood out to me is the fact, because as a a missionary, you have an area that you cover, and you're not supposed to leave that area, and it's not up to you if you're in that area. Yep. And so knowing how dangerous and how much of a threat there was, even encouraging the sister to get a police report, as but the mission president didn't move her like yeah. the minute he heard something. Yeah. Because she can't leave. Just move Cause, her. Because if she leaves, then that's she's disobedient and horrible or whatever, yep. just trying to be safe. Yep. It's up to him. And he was just like, hey, just call the police, but you're going to stay there.
0: In the same apartment building as, same as this apartment. guy. That's insane. It's really scary. Sister missionaries have a lot of people fall in love with them. I was gonna
1: ask because as an elder, maybe maybe I just wasn't hard enough, <laughs> but I do think that was a problem that I could see. I yes. was like, "Oh, these people are taking lessons because they yes love these young girls." Yeah. So how was what was that like?
0: I mean, you're a young woman with another young woman. You're dressed up. I mean, you look frumpy, but you're like wearing a skirt or whatever, and. We eventually just stopped approaching single men, like men alone, because they just got the wrong idea. Every single time. Okay, I have a story okay. that I need to tell. We were contacting, street contacting. My companion and I contacted this guy, his name's Mario, German guy, and we kind of got a vibe from him, like, yeah, eh, he might be interested in not learning about the gospel. <laughs> yeah so we were like whatever we'll just leave him a pass-along card with our number on it because usually you're really trying to get their information you're trying to like set up an appointment or whatever so we like jot down our number give him this pass-along card and then he actually called us we answer he's like yeah i'm interested in the lessons or whatever and we're like okay we're gonna come we're gonna teach you about jesus that's what we do and he was like totally i'm down And we just kind of had a hunch that that he was not interested in the gospel. But we're like, I don't know, maybe. Mm -hmm. And nice to count it as a lesson Mm -hmm. and a new investigator on our numbers. So we're like, okay, should we, should we? One of the rules in my mission, I don't know if this is worldwide, but two sisters can't go visit one man alone. So you have to bring a joint teach. Your joint teach cannot be a man because then it looks Mm -hmm. like a double date. Did you have that rule? Yeah kind of weird anyway we couldn't find a joint teach so we ended up bringing a 15 year old young woman from the ward
1: oh okay yeah
0: (laughs) so me and this other sister were both 19 a 15 year old and i'm starting to get kind of a bad feeling about this not just like "Eh, he might be interested in something else but i'm like is this guy safe yeah My companion and I are going back and forth like on the train ride to the appointment, picking up this joint teach. We're kind of like whispering to each other, like, should we really do this? We get to the guy's apartment and we just full send. We're like, whatever. We're going to see what happens. So he lives at the top of this apartment building. We buzz in his apartment is the top floor. So we're like trudging upstairs, feeling like we're getting (laughs) deep into this apartment building. And he opens the door. My companion walks in. The joint teach, 15-year-old girl walks in. I was scared. Yeah. I step in the, like, little entryway. And he steps behind me and shuts the door. And the key was in the door. Oh, no. And I literally had this moment where my heart sank. And I thought he was going to lock us in. He didn't. He just shut the door. Some Germans just keep a key in the door. That's kind of how they do it. Anyway... We go into his living room. My heart's pounding. We like start trying to teach him a lesson. He's not interested. And then he looks at me and he's like, hey, do you know Dennis Richards? And I'm like, no, Dennis Richards. And he's like, yeah, like they're famous Dennis Richards. He ends up pulling out a DVD Denise Richards. Oh, no. The DVD is, um, I can't remember, it's some film that Denise Richards is in, and she's on the cover, and mm-hmm. he's like, Denise, Dennis Richards. I was like, oh, Denise Richards. And he's like, yeah, you look like her. Hmm. He has me hold up the DVD next to my face, I'm not joking, he took a picture of my face next to Denise Richards on his point-and-shoot camera, and then we left. And wow. I've never seen him again.
1: And that was the day that you met him?
0: That was the d- Yeah, that was the day we met him.
1: Wow. And just...
0: He just thought I looked like Denise Richards. There you go. And wanted a photo on his point-and-shoot camera.
1: That he'll just keep safe. Yeah, somewhere himself.
0: somewhere out in the world.
1: Amazing. Isn't that's, that crazy? That's wild.
0: But I was just glad we didn't get murdered.
1: Yeah, right? Like, that was...
0: I fully thought that, we were going to get murdered. It's unsafe.
1: Was, yeah, that's... It's not safe. No, no, no. Other than the Taken part of the movie Taken, uh-huh. that's the plot of Taken. <laughs> like, two
0: yes, American true.
1: girls yes. not really... I mean, I don't know if your companion was American, but
0: she was. Um,
1: you know, just really don't know
0: the culture. The culture
1: and everything. Don't
0: know the language and that well.
1: and the the culture of the mission, like we've been saying, is like talk to everyone, talk to everyone. Yep. And so And like you said, you're like, I have this really bad feeling, but what if? Yeah. Like, what if this guy's like exactly the next general profit uh, yeah, yeah right and this is how you come in and yeah. you get them to join the,
0: the words are tiny there i'm like we need an elders quorum president like we got to take our chances on this exactly.
1: guy. exactly and if you hadn't do you feel like maybe you would have felt guilty yeah for sure yeah so, so we um, just did it yeah you're like oh, well what's the worst that can happen
0: and also brought the 15 year old girl yeah, that poor like, girl had no idea yeah
1: just hey you know Help spread hasten the work, little one. Like, yeah. let's go. That's Come scary. Along. yeah.
0: Add a third young girl to the mix. Yeah. It's scary. That's one thing looking back on missions that I'm like, that needs, there needs to be some more safety measures in place. And I guess they're kind of trying with the whole joint teach thing, but I'm like, I don't know if that's quite doing it. Yeah. Cause we, I mean, that's just one story as sister missionaries, a lot of people fall in love with you. What can I say? You got the light of Christ in your eyes. You're you're ready to talk to some lonely people. Yeah, and they get the wrong idea. There was also a lot of write-ins about similar situations, and it gets hairy. You got to just transfer them to the elders right on quick. Yeah. Let's read this next one. This person says, first off, love the pod. Thank you for what you are doing to share both your own and other people's Exmo experiences. It's refreshing to hear someone talk about it the way you do. I can't wait to see how the community grows and I hope to be a part of it. Nice little compliment. Yeah, it's really nice. Thought I'd leave it in. Yeah. Okay. They say, I served in the Rio de Janeiro mission. There was a ton of Brazil write-ins. Interesting. It's interesting. Who knows what that means? Um, My mission president was so out of line with so many things. Our mission was incredibly numbers-focused. Each week, there would be a newsletter sent out to all the missionaries with statistics of the highest baptizing missionaries, not companionships. Missionaries. Whoa. Yeah, crazy. Um, We had lots and lots of rules for emailing and writing back home. We only had 40 minutes of computer time, so I would end up writing my main email by hand the night before, taking a picture, and then uploading it through email to save time. I would also take pictures of all the emails I received and read them zoomed in on my point and shoot later that day because there wasn't enough time. Our companions had to be watching over our shoulder and reading our emails to make sure there wasn't any inappropriate material. We weren't allowed to email anyone other than immediate family members on P-Day unless we had verbal consent from the mission president himself. We would have to call and ask him the weekend before to ask permission. If there was a handwritten note from the opposite sex or God forbid a package, It was kept at the mission office until we could be there in person to read it in front of him. Looking back on it now, I get hives and I'm shaking as I write this because, holy shit, that is such a huge invasion of privacy. Then she goes on to say that same mission president got called as a member of the 70, oof, which makes it worse.
1: Yes. That's wild.
0: That's intense.
1: Yeah, the over the shoulder reading, the reading in front out loud.
0: A handwritten note. You have to read out loud.
1: Yeah, just because they're the opposite sex.
0: Yes. That's crazy.
1: Like, no matter the relationship.
0: Opposite of my mission president. He was like, I want y'all to get married. Please
1: start writing each other. (laughs) Please. Beer time, Spanish together. (laughs) Yeah. Let's do exchanges. Exactly. You you guys can just be lifelong. (laughs) I think
0: you'll hit it off. Yeah. This is crazy.
1: Yeah, that's just just the next level. Because, I mean, the whole... Missionaries, it's built in that you have limited time to write. Well, I guess used to be. Now people are FaceTiming and stuff, which I think is great. It's true. It's changed, which is good. When it first changed, I was still in the church and I was angry, jealous. Same. I was like, this is so dumb, though. They have it so easy to do. But I was just jealous Mm because I called my family four times.
0: Your whole mission for two years.
1: And uh, yes, I was just jealous. So I think it's great that you can... Be connected to your family? Yeah. Um, Yeah. As you should. seems like a good thing. As a young adult Um, should. Yeah. But yeah, over the shoulder, your companions knowing just everything and really limiting the conversations you have with anyone outside of your little mission. um, That's that's scary.
0: It's really scary. It's
1: so isolating. It's
0: isolating. It feels very manipulative to... Mm -hmm. Intentionally isolate young adults and again remove those coping mechanisms, even like talking to their mom. Yeah, and when you strip that all away, you really have to rely on the only thing there, which is the gospel. And I think that's intentional, and you kind of get these twisted ideas. It's almost like this. You get in a relationship, at least I felt like I got in a relationship with God where I was so reliant on God because Mm. I had nothing else, Mm -hmm. which I think is intentional and I don't think is healthy because that's not how it should be. You shouldn't have to be put in such a desperate, desperate position that's been manufactured to be that way. And it just feels pretty tricky in retrospect.
1: Yeah. Create the problem to solve the problem.
0: Exactly. 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 It doesn't seem like there's much oversight on mission presidents. Like, these guys are just doing whatever they want to do.
1: And if there is any, it probably would be the 70 or other general authorities, and that's where they are now.
0: Yep. Yeah, they get elevated. Yeah. Here's another mission president one. During one zone conference, my mission president took all the sisters into one room and told us that the elders are starting to notice how provocatively you are all dressing and it needs to stop because the elders can't focus on their purpose. Sir, I cannot focus on my missionary purpose when I'm forced to sit through your chastisement over my pencil skirt from the missionary mall while the elders are in another room learning the gospel. I cannot with the blatant misogyny on the mission.
1: Okay. I laugh because that's so ridiculous. So ridiculous. Um, if there's one word to describe the approved wardrobe of sister missionaries, it's not provocative.
0: It's not provocative.
1: Um, this was like maybe this was even pre-pants era, right? Yeah, I think um, so. And so, and skirts aren't short uh, or anything. Um, and let's you know, let's just throw that aside and say sister missionaries could wear whatever they wanted obviously not their responsibility. And obviously this was what existed then. And I think it exists in a bigger way, but elders being like, ah oh, man, or just men being like, uh, like just trying to work hard. And these yeah. ladies over here, just
0: existing,
1: having knees and stuff.
0: Walking um, around.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go tell the authority of both of us and, and they'll agree with me. They're off in one room learning their purpose and teaching or whatever, and then the sisters are getting a, hey, make sure your, lo- your socks are longer. Yeah. Like, what could they have been told? Yep. You know? It's
0: crazy. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to read one more story really fast. We'll end on this one. But there was a lot of sisters who wrote in, so I want to acknowledge this because I had this too, who had a lot of disordered eating and like eating disorder stuff mm-hmm. on their mission, which I just want to validate because when you're on a mission, and I'm sure – elders have this too you're getting force-fed food by members and investigators you have no control over your life and a lot of times the way people cope is through eating whether that's like binge eating or eating disorders or whatever but this one person wrote in who served in independence missouri mission so she was a visitor center Mm -hmm. missionary and listen to what she said they did. She said, we served in a visitor center and so many girls got eating disorders. The director would threaten to, quote, bring out the scale and tell us to stop eating M&Ms. And the break room was always full of dieting talk and new salad recipes. Being a sister missionary is rough. You're expected to sacrifice your life and look hot right after you get off the plane so you can get married.
1: That's crazy. That's
0: crazy. Oh,
1: bring out the scales. You guys don't stop.
0: That's illegal. Yeah. That's crazy. I know visitor centers are kind of different because they want the sisters to be like, put on makeup and mm-hmm. be like more, they're pushing appearances more. But to threaten to break out the scale? Can you yeah. imagine?
1: No. And like you said, like if, if an employer yes. did that to an employee, they would be.
0: Oh, it's yeah,
1: HR would have a heyday. Yeah, you know? I know. But now it's like, but it's fine because it's. Gods involved or yeah. something. They're in charge. It's a
0: religious or... institution, so we'll we'll give them yeah. full so amnesty. Fine. Yeah, crazy stuff. Lots of lots more stories where that came from. I'm sure there will be more mission stories to tell. But thanks so much for joining.
1: Oh, of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah,
0: so happy to have your perspective. I feel like it's therapeutic to have the solidarity of understanding. We all went through this thing. We all have complicated feelings, but at least. We are in it together, so I appreciate you jumping on and talking through all that with me,
1: of course, yeah, and I, yeah, I think you know, all feelings towards missions are uh, are are real and valid. Yes, because I know some people have really you know negative feelings, some people have really positive feelings yep. and everywhere in between, so um yeah I I do think even in a, a post-Mormon world being able to talk about like hey remember when we all just like dedicated our entire lives to this thing yeah um that's a place where you can connect and land on and 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 kind of form a relationship from there so so Absolutely. yeah you don't have to throw that out with everything else you know you can yeah. keep a mission experience for what it is to you now
0: Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Thank you to all who wrote in. I'm sorry to the woman whose cheek was chomped on. Yeah,
1: the chomped cheek. That That, might
0: win as far as bad things. That's intense. I
1: wonder if there's a scar. I know. Just like forever remember the chomped cheek.
0: The chomped cheek. Well, we are sending our healing vibes to her. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. G-I-R-L AMP it's girls game